What if I were to tell you that through some miracle with which you need not concern yourself, what if I were to tell you that we are able to provide each of you individually whatever it takes to make you happy? We are able to give you whatever it takes to make you happy. Good news, right? One catch. You would have to tell us what that is. What would make you happy? Let me hear. What would make you happy? Peace. Health. Health. Absolutely. Not feeling alone. Very good. Barack Obama. <laughs> Functional government, balanced Supreme Court. <laughs> Lottery. Very good. And all of those sound like things that would make us happy. However, there are people who have many of those things mentioned and they are not happy. There are times when we have had those things mentioned and were we happy. It is possible that many of us already have some of those things or have had them in the past and yet would we call ourselves happy every day. Were we happy when we had some of those things we do not now have? Or in retrospect, do I say, if only I had that back again, I would be happy. Is it a case of, in the words of the Joni Mitchell song, Big Yellow Taxi, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? And I know partly it is coming to agreement on a definition of happiness. What does it mean to be happy, to have a happy life? It can be a very slippery thing to pin down, to achieve. Often, once we have what we were certain would make us happy, the proverbial goalposts are moved and we think there, just over there, if I can get there, then I will be happy. Happy, according to the Oxford Online Dictionary, means feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. Satisfied is one of the synonyms offered. I am happy with that. I am not happy with that. Other synonyms offered are cheerful, jolly, gleeful, carefree, untroubled, delighted, lighthearted, content, gratified. Great stuff. But can we ever hope to achieve a happy life? Cheerful, gleeful, lighthearted, content. Can you imagine sustaining that over a lifetime? Happiness seems like a state of being that as wonderful and important and beautiful as it is to experience is necessarily transitory. It doesn't last. 
nor should it be expected to last. J. Krishnamurti pointed out in his teachings that too often, once we become conscious of the fact that we are happy, we are no longer happy. (laughs) The realization, I am happy now, then brings with it a host of other thoughts, such as, soon this event will be over, or this person will have to leave, or this particular experience will have to end, and what then? I'm happy now, but how will I be able to keep on being happy? How will I capture this recipe for happiness such that I will never have to lose it? How can I be happy when it is so clear how fleeting this happiness is? If only I knew I could recreate this whenever I wanted, then I could be happy. And now, of course, I am no longer happy. I have only the memory of being happy amid the anxiety about its passing. At best, we experience happiness in all its transitory beauty and let go of the notion that it can be captured. We all understand that, right? Well, you might think so. But how often have you heard parents say of their children, I just want them to be happy. I just want them to be happy. Really? Happy all the time? Jolly, carefree, untroubled all the time? Is that our highest aspiration? Now, of course, we would like for our children to experience happiness, certainly. But to be happy? Does that preclude suffering? Those dark nights of the soul that transform our lives? Do we want them to be content Always, with everything? Do we imagine they can be untroubled on a consistent basis? Good luck. And after all, is it not right to sometimes be troubled? And I don't mean to be flip about this. I just think it's worth articulating what we imagine happiness to be and consider if it deserves to be a worthy goal for our lives or our children's lives, if it even can be a goal. James Hillman, in the interview you heard from in the readings, said that founding fathers aside, he didn't think that it was possible to pursue happiness. I think it's the pursuit that screws up happiness, he said. If we drop the pursuit, it's right here. It's right here, and then it's gone. It is, we sincerely hope, a part of each person's life. But it cannot be the center of our lives, the goal, the purpose. But then what is it that makes a good life? That was one of the questions that Carrie and Kent brought to me for this sermon. What constitutes a good life? Is it more important to lead a happy life or a meaningful one? Viktor Frankl, whom you also heard in the readings, would have no trouble answering that question for himself. Thus the title of his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Happiness is fleeting and is strongly tied to circumstances. Meaning follows us across experiences of ease and unease, well-being and suffering, joy 
and pain. It finds expression in any circumstance. Frankel knew that firsthand. He was imprisoned for many years in concentration camps. His father, mother, brother, and wife died in the camps. Only he and his sister survived. Frankel watched for what it was that allowed people to survive the horrible conditions with some measure of dignity, with compassion intact, retaining amazingly an awareness of and sensitivity to the beauty that life holds when there was so little to be had. He found a quotation from the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche that helped to describe it for him. He who has a why to live can bear with almost any how. Those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. Which sounds good. And there is an understandable urge, as with happiness, to want to capture the why in a simple recipe to package it so that we can keep it and stop looking, for goodness sake, to have something we can turn to at any moment that will provide, ta-da, meaning. But it's not that easy, is it? We may wish that this meaning could be given to us from outside ourselves. Everything happens for a reason. The purpose-driven life. Isn't there a book I can read, a slogan I can repeat, a mantra I can chant? But this, like so many things, is an inside job. That is why we don't welcome you into this sanctuary promising answers, but inviting you to engage your own free and responsible search for truth and meaning. What is your why? What is the why that will sustain you through all of the hows that you may face? When the sun is not shining, when God is silent, when we don't feel loved or loving, when love is but a distant memory or a faraway hope, what is our why? Parker Palmer, like Viktor Frankl, describes this why in terms of vocation. In the book, Let Your Life Speak, he writes, Discovering vocation does not mean scrambling towards some prize just beyond my reach, but accepting the treasure of true self I already possess. Vocation does not come from a voice out there calling me to become something I am not. It comes from a voice in here calling me to be the person I was born to be. Viktor Frankl, from a slightly different angle, suggests that we should not ask what the meaning of life is, but rather recognize that we are the ones being asked. Each of us is questioned by life, and I can only answer to life by answering for my own life. Each of us is questioned by life. At a gathering of ministers a few years ago, the stories of our initial calls to ministry were shared. And I was frankly a little unsure what to say. Some described a definite moment 
or a particular experience in which they heard, felt, answered the call. They described a specific event. I think I ended up mumbling that mine was something of a cumulative experience over a substantial amount of time. (laughs) What I've come to understand is that ministry is not the call that I heard. Ministry is a response to the call. It is my response to life's question, in Frankel's words. I did not receive a special question from life that had to do with ministry. I received the question that is posed to every one of us, that question that encourages us to find out who we are and how to share our best selves with the world, that question that is never fully answered once and for all, but that calls us into the next moment with new discovery of ourselves and new articulation of our highest aspirations. The meaning of life differs from person to person, from day to day, and from hour to hour. What matters, therefore, is not the meaning of life in general, but rather the specific meaning of a person's life at a given moment. One should not search for an abstract meaning of life. Everyone has a specific vocation or mission in life to carry out a concrete assignment which demands fulfillment. Frankel's words describe why we remind one another here of our highest aspiration and seek to bring our gifts of love and service to the altar of humanity because it turns out that answering life's question calls us outside of ourselves. It calls us to consider how we will respond to other people. It calls us to serve something bigger than ourselves. It calls us to be responsible by offering our unique gifts of love and service to whatever piece of the world we inhabit. That is what we are talking about when we invite you to engage a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. That is what Viktor Frankl is talking about when he recommends that the Statue of Liberty on the east coast of the United States be supplemented by a statue of responsibility on the west coast. No lie. Free and responsible. This is our gospel. This is our good news. Each of us has the freedom and each of us carries the responsibility to respond daily as best we can to life's question. Every one of us can bring the light of love to the world. Every one of us can be a blessing to the world. Every one of us can uniquely, unrepeatably, Be a blessing to the world. Before I close, I must sadly but clearly rescind the offer which began this sermon. (laughs) We are not able to provide each of you individually whatever it takes to make you happy. I sometimes remind people here that fortunately, making everyone happy is nowhere to be found in our mission. (laughs) 
I can't even guarantee you that finding meaning in your life will always make you feel happy, though happiness may at times be a welcome byproduct. I can't guarantee that your love and service will make other people happy. I don't believe happiness is something we make, but something we should gladly receive when it presents itself out of a clear blue sky or out of a cloudy, rainy one. Here is what we can offer, however. A place in which you are encouraged to fashion your own answer to life's question. A place in which you can practice what it looks like to live out that answer. A place in which you need not hide nor pretend nor be anything other than who you are and who you are called to be. For I believe without question, with love to guide us, every one of us can be a blessing to the world.